fans. It is that time again here on the Ready, Set, Game podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jake Talbert, along with my good friend, Phil Addison, recording from the car today. Phil, how are we in Atlanta? Oh, Jake, we're doing well. You know, here on the here on the work day, you really shocked me with one shiny moment. Really thought it was going to be the CBS March Madness theme of the da 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 but we were going to have to wait until Tuesday night to hear that one, Jake. Uh, I'm excited for this week. Phil, it's going to be great. We're about to get all the big names in sports. Mike Breen will be on the call. Uh, we'll have Bill Raftery. He'll be there. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great week. Excited to hear those voices. Grant Hill again. So we're, we're in store for a great March here. This episode, listeners, will be dedicated quite a bit to March Madness and the kickoff, the bracket breakdown. However, we want to make sure we hit them all. We touch all of our listeners here on the RSG. So we'll be covering quite a few things. Phil, any updates there for you guys? Y'all have the new puppy that you guys are getting. Have y'all secured that dog yet? Jake, we have not also just to add Jim Nance's last March Madness. Uh, it'll be a great one with Nance McCall, of course. We'll, we'll see him, though, for the Masters, I'm sure. But, Jake, we are getting Beans the dog next weekend and then having a sip-and-see event, as my wife would say, for him the following weekend. So excited to get the new dog in Atlanta. That is really, really fun. You know, we, we don't have time to go into it on the podcast, but the listeners probably in a tangent episode would love to hear how Beans got its name, the new chocolate lab that you guys have. Shout out Sam out in California for that as well. Phil, you're, looks like you're drinking maybe an energy drink or is that the new, uh, a new Celsius? It's new. Uh, it's the, it's the target brand. Um, sparkling water jake watermelon lime that my wife packed for me for lunch today um and speaking of watermelon and lime i knew that you were drinking a watermelon and lime lemonade at the baylor baseball game this past week you went to several of those games jake tell me how has it been in waco watching nine innings for the bears Phil, you know, uh, that's right. You know, I'm doing a little bit of MC work for the Baylor baseball team. I did two games this weekend of the three-game series. It was a battle of the Bears on the Brazos. That's one of my reads that I have. And uh, during that game or during the series, the Bears went 0-3. We just could not get a win. We fell to the Mercer Bears. Joel Addison's alma mater, we fell to the Mercer Bears. <laughs> Um, zero games to three, and it was just – it was a tough outing for the Bears. Very young, very inexperienced. Hopefully we'll come around, but Big 12 play could be brutal for us. Yeah, Jake, you know, it's never quite easy in the Big 12. In any uh, sport, especially basketball, Jake, we're going to jump into some March Madness here in a little bit. But we also have to celebrate some of these days that we have this week, Jake, uh, and the following – weeks what's going on today phil that's right i'm glad you asked it's national napping day for all of those nap takers out there make sure you grab your afternoon nap today if it's in the workplace setting make sure you get sign off from your supervisor before you jump into that and especially no napping in the hvac world <laughs> that's right you cannot take naps in our line of work jake it's national earmuff day there's a cold front that just came through atlanta we had a national, uh, I think, ice or cold warning here in Atlanta. One of my coworkers still thinks it's going to snow 
and it hasn't snowed yet. We're going to get some snow in April, he says. We'll see if that happens. I'll make sure to pack my earmuffs, Jake. Pack those earmuffs. It is National Earmuff Day. It's also National Good Samaritan Day. Now, this is a day that is, is very important for us. It's obviously very biblical, uh, but, but it's also just a great, uh, great lens for the rest of the world. It's a great day to be a good neighbor. Help someone out in need, whether it's the grandmother pushing the grocery cart back into the, into the grocery cart aisle there at Walmart, whether it's the youngin walking across the street, whatever it is, make sure you lend a helping hand. Be a good Samaritan today. Jake, this one hits home for you. National Athletic Training Month. You spent some time as an athletic trainer. You have also been trained on as an athlete. How can you speak into this month and how important it is to you, Jay? It is so important. Athletic trainers all over the states today, thank you for all that you do. I've been the recipient of a lot of good training, a lot of ankle wrap jobs back in the high school days, and then more as of recently, a lot of physical therapy, those athletic trainers. Shout out to our one of our athletic trainers here in Baylor Intramurals, Tammy. She is faithful and true, one of the best in the business, Tammy from Southwest Sports Medicine. Uh, Phil, we're going to keep it going. Now, I know this is something that's big for you and our good friend Colin Plotz is National Asset Management Awareness Month. Uh, you're a guy that manages his assets very well. Talk about how you navigate that process. You know, Jake, with a guy that has many, many assets, and I won't, in, I won't get into the weeds about it, but, you know, Colin Plotz and I actually shared a phone call uh, last week uh, with my wife about credit cards and how to handle those assets. Uh, he actually got us on a new card, uh, which we're switching over to here very soon, Jake. Uh, so shout out to Plot. Shout out to uh, how to manage those assets well. We're always growing in that, Jake. Absolutely. And, and we would be remiss to say that Luke Mangan, also with 49 Financial, a very, very capable financial planner. If you're interested here on the 49 uh, slash RSG sponsored uh, podcast, make sure that you give us a touch base and we'll get you in connection with our friend Luke Mangan in the Northwest Arkansas office. Phil, this leads us to our next one. And this is something that in a group text yesterday, we were chatting about a little bit. It's National Caffeine Awareness Month. And there's one individual who did not get the memo. Who would that be? Jake, that's right. Matthew Meyer of uh, the Illinois fighting the line. I former Baylor bear that you know good and well. Uh, Jake, it sounds like he had an overdose of caffeine of uh, sorts. Uh, I guess, you know, if you're going to overdose on something, uh, you, you may not want it to be caffeine, maybe, you know, some, some, some candy, some skills, some sugar, something like that. Caffeine, though, dangerous game to play, Jake. He was out of practice for four to five days, was Matthew Meyer when asked about it. And, and when, 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 deeper inquiry took place it was because he was in some intense video gaming there as a college student his senior year at the university of illinois that's a whole nother bundle to unpack and lastly something phil that i know that you want to talk about a little bit it's national cheerleading safety month talk to us a little bit about why this is important in the world today yeah, Jake, you know, both of our wives being former cheerleaders, I know that. Uh, and and now being current cheerleaders in our own lives, we know how important it is to keep them safe and those around them safe, Jake. So I actually, you know, got the opportunity uh, to be a cheerleader for um, our Powderpuff football team. But I was called into the booth with my good friend, Chad Barfield. Couldn't actually experience to be a cheerleader for the, for the Powderpuff game in high school for the gals in the field. We got to call the game from the booth. 
as you should be calling that game from the booth, National Cheerleading Safety Month. Make sure that you stretch out and make sure you've always got a rear spotter. That is our line for today from the RSG. We've got a couple of birthdays. The biggest one today is our friend Tristan Thompson, former Texas Longhorn. He's bounced around the NBA quite a bit, and he is turning 32 today. So shout out to Tristan Thompson. He's had a, a pretty, pretty good vagabond NBA career in his time. Uh, Phil, we've got two birthdays tomorrow that we would be remiss not to mention. Jake, that's right. Tristan Thompson also, I would be remiss if I had not mentioned that she, this is a, a show from my my childhood, Jake, maybe not so much as yours. He dated uh, Jeanette McCurdy, Sam, and I, Carly, for some time. Wow. And uh, I don't know, I don't believe they're still together, but I'm sure she is sending him happy birthday wishes as well. Steph Curry, his birthday tomorrow, good friend of the RSG pod. And another, another uh, goat, if you will, our good friend, Albert Einstein. May he rest in peace, Jake. Yep, he's got a birthday tomorrow, has done amazing things for this planet. A genius man, a brilliant mind. Phil, we're transitioning now. We're, we're flipping gears here into March Madness because we are on March 13th. It is Monday and games kick off tomorrow. We've got those opening round games kicking off tomorrow. Before we get into some breakdown of the tournament, we're going to take a top five draft, and I'm going to give you three bench players as well to complete a good eight-man rotation. However, you'll take your three bench men at the end of your top five draft. So we're going to draft our top five college basketball players this century. You're building a team to win the March Madness tournament. Who do you want on your team for March? I'm giving you the number one overall pick, Phil. Wow, Jake, this is a massive pick. You know, as I uh, kind of had to toss my list together uh, here in the beginning, I'm going to go with a pick that I don't know if you necessarily have on your list. Give me Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete from LSU. He was a great Atlanta Hawk as well and one of the greatest passers of all time, uh, Jake, in college basketball. Phil, he averaged 45 points a game before the three-point line existed. That is that is near that's impossible to do in today's game. I don't know how one would even begin to do that. He is off the board. Phil, the, my list right here is deep. I don't even know where to begin, but I'm going to get it started with my childhood favorite player. I'm going to take my two guard off the line, JJ Reddick, player of the year, led the NCAA with 27 points a game his senior season. They came up short. I was at a track meet, junior high track meet, watching that game as they lost to LSU there in the NCAA tournament. But I'm taking J.J. Redick as my number one pick. Jake, I love that pick. J.J. Redick has a podcast of his own, Old Man the Three, another great uh, friend of the RSG pod. Uh, and he had, obviously, an amazing career at Duke as well. Jake, I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> a, a friend from the booth, and a good friend uh, of ours as well, personally. Give me Bill Walton out of UCLA, Jake. Wow. Phil, that's a great pick. He's a guy, you know, he's going to show up to warm up. So he'll be in the Hawaiian suit. He, he, he brings a lot of charisma to the team. That's a great pick there with your number two. Phil, I'm going to bring in a guy from 2003. He got Jim Beheim his only national championship, averaged 22 points a game in his freshman season. That's unheard of in college basketball. Give me Carmelo Anthony as my number two pick. Jake, I love that pick. Melo, a guy that just, yeah, carried that team all the way. Uh, and you, you know, you love to see that. I'm going to take another national champion off the list, Jake. 
Give me Psycho T, Tyler Hansborough out of North Carolina. What a guy to watch in the league. He made an absolute play after play with Ty Lawson, Danny Green, that whole squad. What a fun UNC team to watch, Jake. That was a great UNC team. Ty Lawson could get from one end of the court to the other in less than two and a half seconds. They were fast-paced. They were physical. They were the complete package. Great pick there with your number three. Phil, I'm going with with a young man that stamped his mark on the game of basketball, and I believe he did it in his party in the NCAA tournament. I'm taking Steph Curry as my number three. He's got a birthday tomorrow, but I want him on my March Madness team. He was made for Cinderella dancing. Jake, I absolutely agree. Steph is one of those guys that you just love to watch. I'm going to take somebody that he played against in that tournament. Give me Blake Griffin out of Oklahoma, Jake, a fun guy to watch in college. Not as flashy of a pick, but really enjoyed. Could have went to my bench, but like him in my starting lineup, Jake. Phil, I love that pick. I'm going to go now with my small forward, power forward. I'm taking Shane Battier. That's right. Give me Shane Battier, the ex-Duke Blue Devil. I want Battier on my roster for a multiplicity of reasons, but he finished his career as one of the all-time greats at the University of Duke, at Duke University, excuse me. And so I want Shane Battier, a national champion, Big times on the glass. He was a scorer. And not to mention his sons, I believe his son is the number one recruit in the class of 2025. Jake, I love that. And with my final starting pick, I'm going to get a guy that I'm shocked you didn't take yet. Give me Jimmer Fredette out of BYU as my starting shooting guard, Jake. I had to have him in my starting five. Phil, that's a great pick. He was on my board. I believe my guards are already set with J.J. Redick and Steph Curry. I was going to bring Jimmer Fredette off the bench. So you stole the bench guy for me, but I'm going to go with my number five pick and a number five position. Give me Joe Kim Noah, a guy that absolutely has been uh, mauled on in the league. Uh, very uh, interesting player, but in college, he's the only back-to-back national champion in the last 40 years. Give me Joe Kim Noah. Jake, I love that pick. I'm going to keep the guard play rolling with my first bench spot. This is a guy that I'm sure you're familiar with. Give me Marshall Henderson from Ole Miss, the land shark. This is a guy that had a little bit of a tournament run. He had a little, got a little bit of a trouble, got a little bit of trouble of, uh, in Oxford, Jake. But Marshall Henderson, one of my favorite players to watch growing up. Bill, that's a great pick. And this next pick right here for me is a no-brainer. He would start on any other team. Give me Cardiac Kimba. Kimba Walker as my first guy off the bench as my uh, sixth pick. Jake, I love that pick. Kimba, step back. Cardiac, you love to see him. He was just amazing uh, at UConn. And, you know, obviously uh, one guy that you can't miss in this draft. Jake, my – I'm I'm going guard heavy here, but I am actually going to flip it a few years later off the script at UConn. Give me Shabazz Napier, another national champion from UConn. Maybe not as successful as Kimba NBA-wise, but a guy that I love to watch as well. Great pick there to finish up with your seventh pick. And my seventh pick, I am going with a guy from Creighton. You know who I'm going with, Doug McDermott, an absolute collegiate legend, swing man, can play inside, outside, can hit the three, a little bit of a liability on defense, but his offense does it for me. I'll take Doug McDermott. Dougie McBuckets, he was the guy at Creighton, uh, one of the best to ever do it. Love to see that. Jake, with my uh, last and final pick, I'm going with the former Atlanta Hawk. Give me Frank Kaminsky, the 
third to come off the bench. That Wisconsin Badger team had a great opportunity to beat Duke and that 2015 national titles couldn't get it done. Phil, that's a great pick there, finishing up a solid number five man. And with my eighth pick, this is a tough decision for me. I'm between four players right now, but I'm going to round out my team with Jalen Brunson. You know I love him with the Dallas Mavericks, now with the New York Knicks. Hard to go against Jalen Brunson. Had a great career at Villanova. I'll take JB. Jake, I love this. These teams, we're going to post these on the RSG Instagram. We're, it's coming, we promise, for you guys to give us your picks as well to put in the comments because we know that everyone out there has a great team. 100%. Phil, we're going to keep it going right here. Tell us, what is what is one of your favorite March Madness moments that you've ever had? Jake, uh, I, I will say one of my favorite moments that comes to mind was obviously, I think it's a lot of people's, Senior year spring break for me, watching that UNC Villanova game. My best friend, Charlie, a huge UNC fan. We're at uh, Destin. We are at, at, at the San Destin Resort. The game is on about 50 TVs at the resort. And, you know, uh, Chris Jenkins hits that buzzer beater. The place goes nuts. My buddy Charlie just <laughs> runs outside sticks his head in the sand and didn't come out for days he was so upset so bummed the Tar Heels lost that one but Jake a memory I'll never forget that is a phenomenal memory I would say I've got two obviously one is the national championship run that Kendall Reed and I made to Indianapolis two years ago in 2021 the third I would say would be in 2000 and I believe it was 18 no it was probably 2017 there was a span where there was a group of people in Branson, the city that I resided in, where for the first four days, I'm sorry, it was the second weekend, it was the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight weekend, there was a group of about 10 people that we stayed approximately, we would just migrate as a group from one house to the next for that entire weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, watching game after game. We ate pretty much every meal together. We watched every game. It was tremendous. It was a great weekend of basketball and fellowship. I love that, Jake. That's always great when you got a good, good crew to watch the games with. I'm contemplating taking Thursday and Friday off to watch every game with Jimmy McCarthy because he will have a bet on every single game. <laughs> Phil, as you should, you should definitely take Thursday and Friday off. I just went in on the Outlook today and took off Friday from 12 to 2.30 as an extended Baylor basketball watch break. wanted to make sure I marked that on my calendar just in case someone – wanted to try and schedule a meeting in that time slot. Phil, looking at the bracket, who do you think was the biggest snub of this year's March Madness tournament? Jake, it's got to be the Vanderbilt Commodores. I mean, they had an incredible run there at the end of the season. They won 10 out of their last 11. They made a run in the SEC tournament to beat Kentucky and then to beat LSU before that. They did not show up to the AM game as well as I thought they would have, but I thought Vanderbilt had one of the best resumes out of those teams that were left out. Yeah, there were a few teams left out. You know, Vanderbilt, obviously, I think is near the top of my list. Oklahoma State near the top of my list as well. It's hard to really argue to get in when you finish eighth in your conference and, you know, your, your four games under 500 in conference. They had great wins. They also had a lot more quad one opportunities than most teams because they played in the Big 12. For me, I'm actually going to go with Clemson. I think that Clemson should have gotten in the NCAA tournament. They were finished as number three in the ACC 
uh, ahead of a number five Duke team. And so I think Clemson got snubbed on not getting in uh, to this year's NCAA tournament. Um, but I definitely agree with that Vanderbilt pick as well. Phil, looking at some of these teams, there's a couple teams that may be overseeded, which means we think they're seated too high. So who would you think looking at this bracket is overseeded on uh, in your regard? You know, Jake, I would have said Texas if they didn't come out and beat Kansas and win the Big 12 championship. They're always overrated. That's mainly in football. Uh, but, Jake, looking kind of right off the uh, top of the list here, I really do think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say, Jake, but I really do think that Houston, even though they had such a great year, number one overall seed, sure, but I do think that after they got beat by Memphis, it just left a bad taste in my mouth, Jake. Bill, that's a, I mean, that, that's very fair. And I would also go with Houston as well. And, and I think I would maybe still keep them on the one line, but I might have them as the number two. Their strength of record is just not that great for me. Uh, it, it, it's not that great. Also curious to see Marcus Sasser, their best player by far, was injured in that uh, game against Memphis. I'll be curious to see what happens with Marcus Sasser to see his playing ability here come March Madness tournament time. Um, but I just think Houston is untested at this point. They have a great team, but for them to be the number two seed or the number two overall team um, as a one seed, I think they're a little bit overrated. Now, this one right here, I, I, I would also make a case for Arkansas. I think that Arkansas has uh, top five seed talent. I think they're a top 25 team in the country when it comes to talent, but for them to come in with an eight seed, I think that they've probably had a 12 seed type year. Now, granted, you're not going to get a, uh, a power five school as a 12 seed, but, but theoretically maybe an 11, they finished 10th in the sec. Don't get me started on the sec right now. <laughs> Jake, I totally agree with you. I I'm going to go to a little, uh, the opposite uh, route here and say the underseeded teams, Jake, I definitely believe that Texas A&M got the snub here as an underseeded team. Uh, they got that seven seed uh, going up against Penn state and go on to probably play Texas after Texas probably beats a Colgate team uh, that's not as talented as they are, Jake. I think that's saying, and they finished second in the SEC. You got to think they're higher than the seventh seed. I could not agree more. Texas A&M absolutely hosed on this ranking. And I'll tell you what, the team that might be more hosed is the University of Texas. Now they've got to play the number two team in the SEC, the runner-up in the SEC tournament. They've got to play them in the second round, potentially, I think that Texas got hosed with this seating as well. You knew the committee wanted to see a Texas versus Texas A&M. And after Texas A&M had all the hoopla last year about not getting in, perhaps this was the committee's way of saying, we're going to stick it to you. I don't know if I like that precedent, but could that have played into it? Potentially. I also think that Iowa State, a team at six, could be a little bit seated too highly. I think they're a team that could do some serious damage in the NCAA tournament. I would have liked to have seen them at potentially a four seed, but at minimum a five seed. Jake, absolutely. I would love to know your first round upsets. I know you got a handful of them. Who do you have in this first round, Jake, that are going to be on upset alert? Yeah, Phil, that's a great question. I do love that question about who's going to be an upset alert. I'm looking at Virginia Commonwealth, VCU. I think that they will beat St. Mary's College. I think that St. Mary's is going to have to uh, fill it up from outside. And uh, they've really only got two guys on the outside that can fill it up. Um, and I think that VCU is going to be able to lock them down on the outside. 
Um, uh, St. Mary's plays good defense, but I'm going to take VCU at 12 over five. So not a huge upset. If you really want me to get dicey here with an upset pick, Phil, then give me Furman over UVA. Give me that pick. <laughs> Um, Furman over UVA. Virginia's proven in the past that they can lose to an inferior team. Why not a 413? Yeah, Jake, I like that pick. I also in a couple of brackets had Furman winning that game as well. Jake, you know my go-to upset pick. Give me Kennesaw State over Xavier. I know the Owls are coming fire up to play. My hometown, not my hometown team per se, but definitely my hometown university right down the street from my parents' house. Xavier's got a good ball club this year, but I'm going to take KSU to not only beat Xavier, but then to beat Iowa State, who I have in the next round, and then to lose to Texas. <laughs> wow. I thought you were going to take it one step further there and get the back-to-back-to-back trifecta to get KSU to the Elite Eight. That would have been something if you had walked through that one right there. <laughs> Phil, here, uh, here's a question that we must answer. Who for you is going to be the first number one seed to lose in this year's tournament? Jake, it's a great question. I mean, you go on the line, you look at all these number one seeds. Kansas has a tough matchup against Arkansas, obviously. And you know Houston's going to have to have Auburn after that. But, Jake, I'm going to go with Purdue. Purdue is going to lose to FAU in the second round, Jake. I like those Owls from Florida Atlantic, Boca Raton, where my uncle went to school, his alma mater. Give me the Owls, Jake, in the second round against the Boilermakers. Phil, great pick. I have all number one seeds advancing to the Sweet 16. However, I may have to re-examine my bracket, but I have got three number one seeds losing in the Sweet 16. <laughs> San Diego State beating Alabama. Why, you might ask, because they are a veteran team. They start guys that have been around the program for years on their starting lineup. They have four guys that have – this will be their fourth year to start, their fifth-year players, and they have a six-man uh, – I'm sorry, they have a fifth starter. This is his sixth year with the program. They're a veteran team, a tournament team. I also have Indiana beating Houston in the Sweet 16 um, and Duke beating Purdue in the Sweet 16. Wow, Jake, I love that. I love those picks there. Not sticking to the script, but going off of it and making sure you're going with your gut. It's what we love to see this time of year. Jake, this is an interesting question here. Uh, a, a, a team seated 12 or higher with the best chance made of the Sweet 16. Who is on your list there, Jake? That is a great question for me. You know, I look at a few teams here. I think that, you know, I already mentioned VCU as a team that I think really could make a run. I know I have Duke going a long, long way in this tournament. But don't get me started on ORU, Max Asmus and company. They could make a pretty big run here in the NCAA tournament. And don't sleep on the Friars from Providence. Um, they're an 11 seed, so don't quite meet the criteria for this question. But I like what Providence does. They shoot the ball well. Three and D, they defend. Friars could be tough. Jake, I love that. And while I will make go back on my word just a tad bit here, uh, and, and yes, may not fit the category as much, but I do think Mississippi State, Come tomorrow night, they're playing against Pittsburgh. If they can get in, beat Iowa State, I like their chances against potentially a KSU or an Xavier, and then they have to go play Texas, but they're on a roll. They've won three games at that point, Jake. I like Mississippi State there to make a Sweet 16 run. I like that, Phil. And, you know, we saw this. You mentioned this earlier on the pregame uh, that, we, that we were talking about. You know, UCLA made that run in 2021 after being one of the last four teams into the tournament. 
And it just shows that that, that first game can be a potentially a warm-up game, can help to release some jitters, get those nerves out. And uh, yeah, it can be very, very helpful. Phil, final four picks. Who do you have in the final four? Jake, absolutely. I, uh, you know, after a lot of consideration and kind of moving some things around, I'm going to take Alabama uh, versus Marquette in my final four and then Texas versus UCLA. And I think I'm going to take UCLA over Alabama in the championship game, Jake. Phil, that's a great pick. UCLA over Alabama, a fun pick, a great pick. Um, UCLA is a team right now that, that I don't know if anybody wants to play. They're playing at a very high level, close the season. Well, in my final four, I know I'm going to get a lot of heat on this. There's still work to be done. We'll reevaluate after the first four games are played here on Tuesday and Wednesday night, but out of the South bracket, I'm taking the Baylor bears. I have to do it. They're my team. They're my alma mater. And they legitimately would have a chance if they can defend They're number 90 in the Kimpom in defensive efficiency this year. They're number two in offense. Uh, I don't think that bodes well. They're going to get troubled by length, but if they can stay hot for six games, which is unlikely, they could win it all. So give me Baylor versus Duke in the final four. Duke's going to make it as the five seed out of the East region. And then in the other side, out of the Midwest region, I'm taking the University of Texas. They're a great team, a hot team. They play together. They share the ball well, and they rebound very, very well. And I'm going to take Gonzaga coming in the last couple years into the NCAA tournament with high expectations. This year, I think they're going to come in as a sleeper seed. They'll beat KU in the Elite Eight. Uh, Jalen Wilson has been carrying a huge load all year, and I think that Gonzaga is going to shut him down. And then in the national championship game, give me a Big 12 rematch, Baylor over Texas for the national championship, Baylor Bears. Jake, I love that so much. You are definitely going to get some heat from some of our listeners uh, about those picks, but I really do think that uh, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be a fun tournament to watch. It certainly is. It certainly is. We'll be back next week, hopefully, um, all things considered, with a quick update after the round one games have taken place. That will give us a much better picture of what's truly happening here in the March Madness world. We'll be down uh, really quickly from 68 teams to 16 teams after this weekend, games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so that will be a fun spot to be in. <clears throat> Absolutely, Jake. This has been a great rundown. Got to get back to work to the HVAC saying here at Apex. No, you, Jake, have a busy day filling out the rest of those brackets uh, at Baylor as the students roll in from spring break there. But, Jake, it has been a phenomenal breakdown. Uh, and, listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. Thanks for joining us here on the Ready, Set, Game podcast. This is March. Time to dance. <laughs>